Hey, Teacher Mama. Welcome to the Teacher Mama's podcast. Do you want to feel rested and have more focus in the classroom and at home? Do you find yourself up late at night searching for motivational quotes, ways to keep students' attention, or creative ways to relieve stress? Do you wake up with big, ambitious goals only to feel exhausted and inefficient when behaviors continue to show up in the classroom and you find yourself taking work home again? Hey, I'm Ashley. And I'm Roberta. We too felt exhausted and wished for less behaviors and more time to do the things we love outside of school. We wanted to live more energetic and balanced lives and keep work at work. But we kept telling ourselves we didn't have enough time or energy. Until we found some time and stress management strategies that worked for each of us. In this podcast, you're going to find health, routines, and mindset tips so that you will feel energetic and not exhausted. So go grab your favorite drink and a notebook and your favorite pen because we're about to dive in. The fear of this school year starting and wondering if you can handle it all again is so real, teacher mama. I can feel this pressure in your chest and I can hear your heart rate skyrocketing at the thought of bringing your work home with you all over again. You're wondering if you can make it through another year like the last few or if it's going to be the end of you. I want you to understand that it's possible to start taking back control of your days. It's possible to stop focusing on the behaviors and all the other problems at school and start taking action on those issues instead of staying stuck in them. It all starts with telling yourself that enough is enough and I'm not going to let these things take over my life anymore. It starts with you saying that you're ready to do something about it so that you can start becoming that version of you that you recognize again. I want you to say yes. Today is the day that you let Roberta and I start with bringing some simple routines into your day and holding your hand through the process. It's okay to ask for help that you need, so we want you to go to bit.ly forward slash planning period coaching to start getting that most distracted time out of your day and out of your life and turn it into the most efficient. Again, the link is bit.ly forward slash planning period coaching. And the link is also in the show notes. Let's freaking go friend. Hey, Teacher Mama, we are pumped because we have Kara on with us. She is a Christian entrepreneur, an amateur snowboarder. How fun. (laughs) Um, I don't know that I could snowboard. I've tried skiing before and it's super silly. Um, And she is a scholarship beast. With God's guidance, she not only finished college debt-free. How cool is that, you guys? I wish that was me. Um, Through scholarships, grants, internships, and testing out of classes, but even had 10,000 left over in the bank after graduation. What? She enjoys hiking, goal setting, and living a debt-free lifestyle. So welcome, Kara. We have a fun little, we were chatting before this, and she was telling us this super cool fact about teachers and millionaires. So Kara, tell us what this is, because I think it's really cool. 
Yeah. Well, hi. Thanks for having me. Um, honestly, like all my family are teachers and I decided not to be because it sounded stressful. So can I just say <laughs> that to like empathize with you guys as well as I think it's really good, you know, very good work to do, but also just seems like a lot. So let me just acknowledge that. Um, and I know teachers don't get paid a ton for the work they put in, but like just let's not thinking of the work they put in just the amount um turns out teachers a lot of times have learned to really budget and handle their money and build wealth so dave ramsey is his financial guru and he did a study on like 10,000 millionaires in the u.s i think it was the u.s and it's in his book everyday millionaires and by millionaires to clarify they it's million dollars net worth it's their house a car or two, you know, any investments, saving for retirement, they might not be, they don't earn a million a year and they don't have a million in their bank account or they, they might, but not usually. Um, they might just be earning a average income, but how they've handled it and stayed out of debt, it's accrued over time. So um, I just want to clarify that it's not a billionaire. So they're millionaires, but there's such financial stability. And turns out there's a lot of stats they pulled out of this and in the study. And they did like the listing of the top careers of millionaires uh, for everyday millionaires out of these 10,000 they studied. And number three was teachers. So I thought that was pretty cool that there's like potential for handling money well and financial peace. And this in no way to mitigate how much hard work you guys put in um but also apparently apparently they learned out ways to do it so <laughs> hopefully that draws you in go check out the book yeah. everyday millionaires by <laughs> dave ramsey and some of the stuff we'll talk about today kind of goes with it so that's definitely attention grabber maybe i would have been a teacher then i don't know <laughs> <laughs> awesome okay so we we they're they're kind of understanding you're like this financial awesome super duper cool person right <laughs> like we need you in our life so can uh, you give us a little background on yourself and why you love finances so much and how this led to what you're doing right now oh yeah sure so um, I would say my parents are good with money um I felt like we were definitely just kind of the middle class whatever like um we were always frugal on things you know and then you just save the difference but also we would go on some vacations and I was never wanting for food you know and like necessities and some time off you know what I mean so like my parents were good with money but for some reason I became fanatical with money <laughs> um and honestly it was from I think I was always a natural saver but it was also from when I was 16 doing in high school, Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University for, um, we just actually counted it as a math credit for like a finance class, like oh, personal so cool. finance. Yeah. Yeah. Personal finance. And so I just, I would just say it lit the fire and I was like, this is fascinating. You mean I can like build wealth in a strategic way, it, very, very realistic expectations of becoming a millionaire one day in the sense of net worth, um, you know, there's usually more you have to do to become a billionaire, but just millionaire. And also just the godly perspective of it, like, 
some people think wealth is terrible and money is the root of all evil. No, go back and look at the verse. It says the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. And that's true. We don't want it to be an idol in our life. But how much like I'd rather the Christians of the world have the wealth of the world to do the good works. You know what I mean? Um, Not that we're saved by our works, but just we want to love and serve. And anyway, so that was fascinating to me. And so I was like, well, first step would probably be because I wanted to do college to like finish college. So I just kind of staving up money for college and wanted to get into that. And I was that nerdy kid that was like 19 daydreaming of investing for retirement. So (laughs) I understand not everyone's like that, but I, my parents weren't paying for college. Like they were very helpful and like I lived at home. So that was support, you know, but, um, I was working on for like insurance and gas and paying for college and, you know, all the other extra things. And so, um, it was definitely a process, but I honestly, just wanted to be debt free in the sense of it's almost like imagining getting married and just not even having divorce in your vocabulary it's just like we'll go to marriage counseling we'll figure it out like for me getting a the reason I graduated from college debt free was just because I didn't get a loan I mean that sounds very simplistic and almost like too simple but it was just I just decided I wasn't going to and Mm -hmm. so I just had to figure it out and yeah, that's that's kind of the launching pad. So that's how it went for me. Awesome. Yeah, I I think our college kids have such a disservice to them because everyone around them is like, just take out a loan, just take out a loan. You know, like that's what I was told when I was in school. And you mm-hmm. don't really realize what that means when you're that young and like how much debt you're actually going to be in when you come out of college. So mm-hmm. that's awesome that you just made that decision and made it happen. Or interest. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah, interest too. Mm-hmm. So, um, here are some beliefs that teachers sometimes have, and you know, we think that it's not doing us any kind of good by holding on to those beliefs. Like, um, we didn't get into teaching for the money, um, or saying things like we get paid like crap, or we have super crappy insurance, we can't afford the different things on a teacher's salary, like those types of beliefs and comments are coming up all the time. And I'm sure you've heard those too, especially mm-hmm. with a family full of teachers. So oh, yeah, how, all the family. How, <laughs> yeah. So how do how does holding on to these beliefs like affect our actual finances? And then what are some things that we could t- start telling ourselves instead? Like, even though some of those things might be true, how can we switch what are saying so that we can start thinking a little bit differently and looking at things with like a better mindset? Sure. Yeah. So let me do it kind of a connection with teaching and learning. Um, I actually minored in math in college. I loved math. And so I had heard it said that children, and also with my mom being a teacher and stuff, children who their parents liked math or even if they didn't like it were were good at it or or were fine at it tended to be not only better at math but just like an an okay like emotional interaction with math and Mm. parents who hated math or were just terrible at it like like there was such a stressor there that sometimes it became like a mental I don't I'm not saying like a whole mental illness but like a mental health disconnect of just like 
children just being terrified of their math homework or hating math. Mm-hmm. And math just seems to be that thing that a lot of people love or hate. And a lot of it was rooted to what they saw exemplified to them through the parents. And then also, I think that can relate to teachers. Anybody out there knows math probably is something, even if you love math, you might dread dread it with students who struggle with it so much. And so I think just like, I'm, we got to be careful with like the idea of thoughts have power because I'm not trying to be like new agey and saying I'm like thinking <laughs> something into existence. We're not about that life. But a lot of times thoughts are what we keep saying to ourselves um, or even if we're not verbally saying it or mentally to ourselves, it's just like a, a rut we get in and it's like there's no way out of it. I mean, I think enough people can think of this in life like I know. I, I tend to be feast or famine mode. Like I sprained my ankle the like a couple months ago and I was like, I'm never going to hike again. And then I'm like, I had to pull myself out and be like, no, like you can do it. Um, mm-hmm. Just think back, you know, there are times that people don't think they can do something. And so they don't. Right. And another connection through uh, school is I heard it say a story of a school, like high school school counselor and a student came in and he was like how was your last school and the student was like it was great I love my friends like I love school all this positive stuff and the the counselor was like oh that'll be that's like our school here and then another student came and was like I hate school it was terrible um I was frustrating and he's and the the counselor was like I'm not sure he was the best counselor don't say this dear kids but (laughs) maybe it was just a story the counselor was like oh yeah it's like that here too like I mean it's just sometimes what you come into it as um now I know that so anyway so yeah thoughts and words on that have a lot of power and again I'm not saying the speak into existence thing but just the power of your mindset right Mm -hmm. um and holding these beliefs actually affects it because imagine if you were like oh, I'm never going to be able to teach kids these things or connect with my students over this or whatever, then you you probably won't. <laughs> um, and even, and you can't exactly change and say you will, and it means you will, but there can be resources we can find. It's just, I'm sorry, I thought you, I think you were going to say something. It's just, it affects us mentally in our mindset. Yeah. yeah oh, no, sure. yeah. No, I was just agreeing with you. Oh, okay. <laughs> cool, yeah. cool. Yeah, it really affects and some stuff we can tell ourselves differently. To be honest, um, I personally might not even start telling myself stuff dis- differently. I would probably listen to other people telling me stuff differently. And that's just me. Of course, you can do your own thing. But honestly, I love going over and listening to like um, the Dave Ramsey show on YouTube. And they have like the debt free hour where people tell their story and give their debt free scream or like the millionaire theme hour. And they tell how they built wealth. Like if I need to get out of a rut, I tend to go listen to success stories of mm-hmm. average people um and so with that could probably come some things like you know acknowledging like yeah I don't get paid a lot so I'm going to use the money I have in the most amazing like gangster possible way or something like <laughs> yeah. I think it could yeah. just be don't don't say oh yeah I do make a lot when you don't right like, it's not, we're not going to be lying to ourselves but yeah. some of it's like some of it's like, oh, this is a great starting point for all of these people throughout history who had to work from the bottom up, like mm-hmm. get to do that too. <laughs> um, is that kind of what you were you were asking? Yeah. 
Totally. Yeah. So I think just sometimes we can go so far and, and me and my husband do it too. So we are totally guilty of it, but like, you know, we go so far to the negative, like you get, you look at your finances and you're like, Oh, so crappy at this and this sucks and we get paid, you know? And so you go so far to the negative and then you don't like actually reframe, not to lie to yourself, like you no. said, but yeah, don't lie. Reframe. <laughs> and and make it a little bit more realistic on the positive side. So yeah, that's exactly yeah. exactly what I was talking about. So yeah, and I I I know y'all listeners, you can't see me nodding my head over here, but Kara, when you were talking about you know how as teachers and as parents, the way that we frame math, especially, and how we talk about it in front of our kids and our students, is so impactful. And that was something that I was so passionate about when I was a kindergarten teacher was that was even my like main goal for the year was not that my kids would be good in math, but that they would enjoy math because I Mm. wanted to set them up for a positive school career in math. And that was our number one thing. I did so many different things to make sure that math was an enjoyable time. And we did like guided math tables so that each kid was learning where they were, not where I wanted them to be, but like where they were so that they weren't feeling that frustration and struggle unnecessarily. And it made such a huge impact. And it's something that I'm so passionate about with my own kids is making sure that math isn't this scary thing. Cause I think, um, I know myself, I heard this all the time, like, oh, it's okay that you're not good at math. I wasn't good at math either. Just push through it. Like just get it over and done Mm -hmm. with. And it's okay if you're not good at it because I wasn't good at it either. And, um, those, those types of things I think are really harmful to say. And so I'm super passionate about just what, what you said there. And I wanted to pull that out a minute as teachers and parents, we have this, this power, especially when our kids are really little and how we talk about things. And math is one of those things that is really important and talking about it in a positive way is really Mm -hmm. going to impact the rest of their lives. Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that you were like, they don't have to be the best. They just have to like look for, or you just want them to look forward to it or like enjoy it or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not have it be this scary thing that causes anxiety. Oh yeah. Yeah. So we kind of just covered this question, but is there anything else you want to add to how the way we talk about money and because we've talked about math now <laughs> and is there any way like the way that we talk about money in front of our kids, how does that affect them? Sure. Are you talking about your own children or your students? Yeah. At school? Okay. So yeah, I am not a parent, but I tell you what, I've babysat enough kids where I'm like, listen, we don't, we're not lying to kids, but don't we sometimes reframe our voice to be like, let's go get ready for bed. You know, (laughs) you know, like even though they won't like it, but there's something you make it fun to connect it to or something. So like I said, I'm not saying like lie to your kids, but like sometimes there's kind of like, I know when I would babysit, like you can set the tone of inflection or or interest or positivity around something like they don't want to do like bed or whatever. Um, so I imagine two ways about talking about money in front of in front of kids. The first one is just if there's any probably just not saying negative things that you would normally talk with your husband about, like around <laughs> money, around your kids, because that just makes it kind of stressful to them like are we okay are we gonna have food are we gonna go on vacation I don't know what you're talking about but I I mean that would probably be a first step but also this is 
something I have learned from um, actually a book on encouragement. It's funny. I didn't even think of this when we had been planning this out. But I remember someone talking about um, it tends to be more positive or lighthearted when you finish a sentence on like an upswing on your voice, like, like, oh, I have to go do my budget versus I gonna go do my budget. Like, I don't know why I just thought of that. But there's like an upswing in your voice that can make something sound positive. I think there's just anytime there's conversations about money with your kids, try to do an upswing in your voice um, or, or something related to it, even though you personally see going to bed as an utter drag you want them to be excited about it so they get to bed well right so even if you're not feeling it like um to be handling your money like it can be positive with your kids or even when money is you know you pay someone at a restaurant or whatever like isn't it so great that we have the money to go out to eat or just there's ways to be positive about it but also another thing is not exactly talking about money in front of your kids. I would say it's better to just handle money well in life and your kids see it. Because how many times do they say like your kids imitate you? And they're mm-hmm. like, where did this come from? I never said this. I never did this or, or or said this, but you've done something before and it was a negative thing and then they imitate it. Like, I think the best way to talk to your kids about money is just to get your money straight you don't even always have to talk about it. There's just like a better emotional uh, vibe or whatever, probably when there's that financial piece that they will learn by seeing. So I would say getting your money in order, I probably should have said that first. And then after that, if there's ever a time to talk to your kids about money, there's that uptick in your voice. There's that pos- There's that positivity, um, not lying to your kids, but I think just like when you're trying to frame something else positive they don't want to do just trying to do that around money is probably be my my opinion yeah mm-hmm. i love I like that. that yeah so something you said earlier <clears throat> you mentioned earlier has been um stuck in my brain that i wanted to chat about for a second earlier you mentioned that when you were in high school you figured out ways to save your own money for college mm-hmm. um to set yourself up for success. So how, with what you learned then, what you've learned over the years, how would you have our parents listening? How would you have, or the kids, maybe their kids are listening, but how would you encourage them to help their kids save money so that they're set up for success later in life? How, how would you go about advising parents on that? So um, this is also the kind of the background thing on you yourself, not you, but you listening, mm-hmm. you yourself, are you able to save money and organize it and budget it and whatever? It's kind of like a showing by doing. I, I feel like I would want to challenge someone listening at that because how kids would work on saving money is that they have a budget. And if they're going to have a budget and you don't, that's very hypocritical to encourage you to have a budget. But before you freak out, on a budget. Okay. Let me clarify. A budget is not a straight jacket. A budget is not an over uh, strict boss micromanaging you. A budget is a calendar for your money. So if you were going to do laundry today and then, I don't know, uh, 
do laundry and pick up your kids from school and whatever. Like, but your best friend from high school came into town. You haven't seen her in five years and she just random and she has an hour. Like, you're going to not do laundry and you're going to go see your friend because you can and you can do laundry later. Uh, or or maybe you can't. I don't know. But if that's an example, and then you're still going to go pick up your kids. Like, I have a budget. I get excited when I go to do my budget. But it just is a roadmap. It's a calendar. And if something comes up in the month, like, okay, I'm going to travel to this place. I need more gas. Um, So I'm just going to transfer over from the fun money I was going to spend over into gas because I'm going to a thing I want to go to. Or, you know, you didn't spend as much on groceries this month. Like, okay, that's cool. I note that in my budget. So we're going to kick it over to date night and do something extra fun. A budget is just seeing where your money is and telling it where to go instead of wondering where it went. (laughs) And that way, if you can see it, you can start being little tiny bits at a time. $10 a month even saving. And if you're doing that and you're setting up a budget and it feels so freeing because you're not wondering if you'll have enough money by the end of the month, you can slowly start teaching your kids like give, save, spend, depending on their age range, of course. But like, are you giving a bit of your money? Are you saving a bit of your money? And are you spending? And those don't have to be all equal. Like, you know, like split, like if you had $9, you don't have to do $3 for each, but it's just something I would encourage everybody to just, even if all they, even if it's just a few bucks each month that they can at least have in each category, we need to be giving, saving and spending and having a budget, laying it out there and not a budget that stops you from doing what you want to do but just shows where the money is currently now and where you're telling it to go and then you just readjust it if you need to in the month like that is the way to actually be able to save money and see what you have to save i really appreciate that you said that because i um we have the dave ramsey ramsey system for our kids Mm -hmm. um and it came with a little piggy bank that has the save given and spend but what I've been doing, and I think I'm gonna, we're going to have a family chat and see if this is what we want to continue doing, but their allowance was divided up evenly between the three categories. And we've been mm. struggling with that a little bit. And mm. I'm realizing maybe instead of, you know, each getting divided evenly, maybe it needs to be like 25%, 25%, and 50% or mm. something. Mm. I don't know. That's interesting. Like I'd never even... I don't know why it had never occurred to me, but so I'm glad you mentioned uh, that piece that it doesn't have to be equal amounts, but it should be something. Yeah. Well, thank you for saying that. Yeah. I, I don't think anywhere says it has to be equal amounts. And also I think if there's flexibility, I don't know for me, if I have margin and flexibility, I don't always even use all of the flexibility. Like if I have this mm-hmm. much, like if I can only like spend $5 on something fun, it feels so tight. But if I make it a little bit broader, I don't always use all of it. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. And you'll find what your kids are more inclined to like give, save and spend. I am not a parenting podcast, whatever, but I get so excited talking about this stuff that <laughs> I can't wait till I have kids to like organize their little money with them. <laughs> yes. It'll be fun. So is that where you would suggest people go if they, because I know, like you said, you're not a parenting um, podcast. You just came on with us to kind of serve our audience. But I think what you have 
to offer right now in this episode is so important for our listeners, but is that where you would suggest them to go is the Dave Ramsey um, to kind of help with all that? I know Roberta, you use that as well. I need to get better at this. Like we, we are, we are always working on our budget. I need to always get better at it. Uh, <laughs> but, and then, you know, I, I do need to start implementing something with our kids too, but as like the Dave Ramsey, is that where you would ex- tell them to kind of start with? I definitely would encourage that because it's so simple. It doesn't mean it's always easy with like our emotions, but it's so Mm -hmm. simple because it's like, just tell your money where to go instead of wonder where it went. And then there's, he has baby steps. If no one's heard of this, he is out there. He has baby steps. Um, And the first baby step is like this small emergency fund, just so you feel safe. And then Mm -hmm. it's paying off debt. And then it's a bigger emergency fund. Then it's investing in whatever. And it just seems so like, simple and and but with your kids there are kids ones um like not kids ones kids different trainings he has for like other ages and stuff too but he even has a board game called act your wage that i am such a nerd and i asked for for christmas and it's basically like it's a board it's like the game of life you go around and different things happen to you that you land on different things you know like you have to pay extra insurance or a tree fell on your house or you got an inheritance from grandma or something and the goal is to uh pay off all of your debt before anybody else in the game and you have to like balance your money out to do it it's so nerdy but for some (laughs) for some kids maybe not the, the little ones but for some age ranges you know a little bit older kids or middle school and up they might like that and i just feel like make it fun like make it a family game night make it we're gonna spend 20 minutes to do our budget don't get freaked out and do like three hours of it you know just like <laughs> make it pleasant and so that's where i would suggest yeah i love that that's awesome so and you're also doing amazing things on your podcast and in your business so i want you to share because we do have teachers here who um, are high school teachers and they their students in the classroom would definitely benefit from what you have to offer. And I wish that you were around when I was applying to college so that I didn't come out with so much stinking debt. So tell everyone specifically what you do over on your podcast and with your business and then how people can book a session with you if they have any college bound students in their life and just like all the things. Tell us. Thank you so much. Yeah, I have a mm-hmm. podcast. It's called Monumental Peace, and I help students get scholarships and pay for college without student loans. So that's the overarching thing. Of course, there's a lot of ways that can do with that. There's there's scholarships, but um, there are other ways to pay, like with grants, uh, internships, and testing out of classes. I don't know if y'all have heard of this out there, but you can if like your student already knows content, like from high school, for example, like they just finished an algebra class or an English comp or whatever, they can go take a CLEP test and test out of that class for college and get college credits that they can transfer to colleges. Um, So there's like amazing, like I tested out at a, a full year of college, my first year of college, I tested out and it was like total, I think I spent like 600 bucks or something you know like those are ways you reduce expenses and then there's also scholarships and internships and then we just talk about ways to find cheap textbooks and 
get a an easy student job where you just sit there and answer phones and get paid to do your homework. Like we have tons of things we talk about. Um, but my business is where I, well, obviously the podcast is free content, but my business, I do help students find scholarships for college so they can book a free scholarship strategy session with me if they're interested and talk about their plans for college and what I potentially could find for them. And if they'd like to hire me, I go and do scholarship research for people to find scholarships that work specifically for them that they can then go apply to. So I can't guarantee if they would get the money, but I can do that middleman part and find the scholarships for them so they don't have to spend their time doing that. So um, yeah, that's what I do as the business, but the podcast is just great. I think free content. I have different guests on sometimes and I help students get scholarships and pay for college without student loans. Uh, and I, I love that you do this for students who are going to college, because I think that is honestly the biggest hurdle for them getting free money is I remember when I was in high school and I was just like so overwhelmed. I'm like, I wouldn't even know where to look for scholarships. And mm -hmm. yes, we have our counselors at school, um, but they're not going to go out and search for every single scholarship that could be helpful for your student. Like they're, mm -hmm. they're helping them like get applied to college. And if they know about scholarships, they'll, you know, especially like the ones that are within the school system. Yeah. They're going to help them with those, but yeah. there's so many other ones out there that we don't know about. So I think that's super cool. And that's the biggest hurdle for kids getting money. So Thank you, Kara, for sharing. We have had so much fun with you today. Everybody go check out her podcast, um, book a session with her, a free discovery call if your kid needs it. And we, yeah, I, maybe we'll have you on at some point again too to talk more finances. Thanks, Kara. Cool. Oh yeah, thanks for having me. I love these conversations. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Hey, teacher mama, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If so, would you take 30 seconds and leave a review on Apple Podcasts? It lights us up to know this podcast is helping you. Also, please share this with a friend who might need it today. Okay, time to go spend all that extra time we have with our families. No more stressing out over schoolwork that didn't get done before contract time. We'll meet you back here in a couple of days for another episode. Bye. Bye.